gotta get it. You have to. I, I, I'm, buying, I'm buying everything. Cause I'm a hype piece, you know. How limited, bro? These are actually pretty fire, bro. And I'm the youngest flexer in the game. This is the In Hype Podcast. Don't believe the hype. Where Cali King talks entrepreneurship, manufacturing, marketing, and everything to dominate the physical product business. In the hype. Make the future and let's get into the show. Transform your product idea into a business reality. I'm Callie Keen and this is End Hype. All right, so we hear little phrases like the riches are in the niches, but why are niches good? How do you find profitable niches to be interested in? And more importantly, what the hell is a niche? All right, so when thought leaders say find your niche, they usually mean find your niche market, right? Uh, they mean find the place where your product can fit. Niche means, and this is the this is the definition. You can Google it. This is the definition. It says products, services, or interests that appeal to a small, specialized section of the population. We're gonna we're gonna steal this actual literal definition, but here's a more human-centric, a more person, sociology, normal person definition of what a niche really is. To understand its power, we have to understand kind of how this, how this works. So in the past, even the recent past, groups of people were lumped geographically, right? You're in your town, your city, um, you could section them by age or by gender, uh, partially on interest, but groups were more homogeneous. They were more the same. There's, there's a couple of reasons for this, but groups of people were more reasonably the same than they are today, right? Uh, people had limited access to outside information and to products, right? You think about this as like 100 years ago, 50 years ago, a town may have had a couple of stores, and you might not have even heard of the stores in a couple towns over. There were less franchises. There were less Sears, and there were more just corner stores, right? So people's interests and desires were very localized. Uh, word of mouth was really the only way that trends could spread. And things changed, but they changed way more slowly, right? So a trend might last for years instead of now we have days, right? There's no... There's no virality meme like there is today. Um, mass media, the evolution of you know newsprint and magazines to radio to TV, you've heard a million people talk about this. This allowed us to spread information more quickly, right? So these communities of people, they kind of got access to a broader selection, but a highly curated selection of information. So People took the TV, they used it as a pipeline to literally shove product in people's faces. People bought the product, and so people's interest didn't really matter. They were just interested in the TV, so bam, you get this type of dish soap, you get this kind of beer. Schlitz is now your favorite beer. That's the only one you've ever heard of. Everyone in America knows about it. Bam, right? So the Internet, especially in its current state, broke everything. It just shattered that whole... Uh, whole system, and it brought us, 
the entrepreneurs, the, the startups, the inventive people, the people with the new stuff that people actually really want that will actually help people, it gave us unlimited opportunity. We have the ability to access everyone. But if we try to act like the big companies acted 50 years ago, 60 years ago, and it's surprising how people want to still do this, it's very expensive. Gary Vee talks about this all the time. He's like, he shows the phone. He says, hey, like, you know, Instagram, Facebook, these are, this is now the TV. This is now the radio. That all makes sense. But in the niche sense of things, this makes even more sense, is that our current state of mass communication, it allows culture, interests, associations to flow across geographic locations, across you know, East Coast, West Coast, across this town, across this town, uh, your musical interests might have more in common with a 15-year-old in, Ventura, in Ventura, California, than your next-door neighbor. Uh, 50 years ago, that was prob- not highly probable, right? One or two DJs ruled the town. Uh, and 100 years ago, it was definitely not the case, right? So... What's important to understand is that because of the internet, because of social media, we have the ability to connect with people with similar interests with ease. Uh, These interests then form communities on top of social media. Uh, These people are connected. Uh, Some thought leaders will call those niches, they'll call them communities. The types of people that we want to find, the types of niches that we want to get involved in, we call tribes. Okay, so shout out to Seth Godin, book Tribes. I'm going to riff on this a little bit, but I'm going to tell you why tribes are the niches that we are super interested in. So tribes have specific knowledge, vocabulary, rituals, and leaders, right? They, they have their own set of culture. Right? So we as human beings, we belong to many different tribes, right? And I'll give you some examples of that later. But when we're trying to communicate with people in that tribe, we're communicating with the cadence, with the style, with the the flair, the language, the vocabulary that is acceptable in that tribe. We're speaking that language. Uh, Why tribes are important? Second point is that tribes are resilient. They're resilient to invaders, right? If you pick a broad product that appeals to a lot of people, a large corporate uh, entrant or new entrant can come into the market and create a slightly better product. And unless you have a great brand, which would key into it's a great brand for whom, your tribe, somebody can steal market share from you. But if you're known in that community, you're known as a leader, you're connected to a leader, you have the, the cosign from the members of your tribe, when somebody tries to invade, they're probably going to get an arrow to the face. Uh, as a tribe member, as a member of this niche, you're automatically an expert. It's like having the cheat mode, right? You are an expert compared to everyone else that's outside of that niche. So as that niche might grow, like we've seen with other products that we've launched, as that uh, as it kind of grows into other other adjacent niches, you have this stronger foothold because you really deeply understand those people. Um, This disproportionate advantage is because you have authenticity, right? 
you have to do less research. Uh, you have to do less marketing because you're already, you're already there. You just have to con- convert where you are into where you want to go. So um, it really streamlines the validation process. What we see in coaching, what we will see in Innovate, the course that we're launching, is that doing customer interviews, contacting just those first initial customers is a really big challenge for people. And for people that are actually targeting with their tribe member, they know exactly where to go. They know exactly who to talk to. They know exactly the result that their, their group of people will want. So it's, it's almost like the whole process is streamlined and they're really just getting feedback from people that they trust, people that they, that they already have access to. They're not trying to invent reality. Um, so I hope that makes sense. Uh, but l- let me give you some strategies on how to determine a niche. Now you're probably already thinking like, oh, well, these are my interests. So these are the niches that I belong to, or these are the tribes that I belong to. And you're not, you're not far off, right? You're not far off, but we're, we all have varying degrees of things that we're into that we understand. Um, you might be the world's most foremost expert in HO size model trains. I don't know anything about it other than the thing that I just said. I'm not even sure if I said it right, but you might know everything about it. For you accessing the other people that are obsessed with that, knowing the forums, knowing the leaders, knowing the price points, knowing the products, knowing the problems, it's like all I have to do is tell you, find these things out, and you can unlock a business, multiple opportunities. Uh, for me, I would have to figure that out and immerse myself for months, if not years, to get to the place where you naturally are. So what, what I want you to do when you're finding your niche is find those two to three communities that you could answer those questions. Like, you should be able to just think about it right off the top of your head. These are the important people. These are the important companies. This is the forum or the magazine or the industry event. This is where people get their information that they trust. You should be able to figure that out pretty quickly. But what I want you to do is I want you to pick those two or three communities, and I want you to niche down to something specific in that community. So it's not model trains, it's that size trains. But it might also be like a time period. The example that I use for niche customers is uh, is always in fitness because deal with a lot of fitness uh, products or product ideas, and it's a very hot market, saturated market. It's hard to break in. The brands that are broken in, they have access to customers that spend a good amount of money. Um, they have a good amount of money for marketing. They have influencers that work for them. So it's, it's hard to get in there, right? But once you're in there, it's a great market, great opportunity. But I talk to somebody and they say, hey, I'm into, I'm into yoga. That's great. Okay, are you going to build a course? Are you going to do this? I'm, like, I'm not sure. But as we niche down, they say, oh, I'm into yoga for moms. Okay, that's, that's good too. Say, hey, I'm into yoga for physical training, for rehab. That's even better. So rehab for moms using yoga. Okay, that's pretty specific. And they say, that have fibromyalgia. I'm like, well, okay, that's ultra specific. And now because we're so specific, 
we also have the opportunity to niche up out of that group, but we have the ability to access those people because I guarantee that there's a specific forum or a thought leader that puts out material that's just on this subject, right? And we have the opportunity then to collaborate, to become a thought leader, to produce a product for or with that person. We have a lot that we can do. But if we're coming from a sense of authenticity, that's our background. We also have a story and stories sell and those can be our people. They'll emotionally identify with you and your product and your, your brand will become defensible. And I can go through this process with any type of business and show that when we start with a niche, we can build more inexpensively, we can build quicker, we can build better products that people really love, build that word of mouth inside that tribe, and we can niche up, we niche up to the next to the next zone and continue to grow and be successful. Whereas if we tried to go over the whole thing and say, I just want to be a, a health and fitness company, that's like, it's like throwing a leaf into a tornado, right? There's just no way. There's no way that's going to happen. If you had a million dollars, it wouldn't happen, right? It, it's just not going to happen. So that's my suggestion for picking a niche. Uh, you can validate that. You can test that niche through a strategy of engagement. And this kind of double downs on knowing where to go is – participate. And this is the this is the answer to a lot of things. People are like, how do I build a team? I'm like, go to that event, participate. How do I do this? Participate. How do I learn this? Find somebody that knows how to do it, participate with them. Go take a class, participate. Participation uh although it doesn't warrant a trophy, right, is the key to unlocking a lot of future potential. We learn a lot by doing. Entrepreneurs can only learn through action. You, it's really hard to just read this or even listen to me and then have this make any sense. So engagement through participation. Get on a forum, start participating. Get on a Zoom, start participating. Go to a, a network event like a, like a convention or a trade show, start participating. Here's an awesome hack on how to... Uh, participate at a high level in pretty much any industry. So the people that put those trade shows on, it doesn't matter what industry that you're in, they need help, right? It's hard to put on a large event. So no ask. You can just say, hey, my time's available. I was already planning on going, but I can volunteer to do X to set up, to tear down, pick up trash, hand out flyers, do anything, and you're probably going to get a yes, but you also get to meet the people that are speaking probably, the, definitely the people that are organizing. You might get a free bagel out of it. So it's, it's a great hack, right? But by volunteering, it sets you up to meet those people. So maybe next time or the next event, you could teach or you could speak at that event. Uh, this is something that I've used, and it's, it's how I've gotten – some of my speaking engagements and met a lot of interesting people. So if you want in that tribe to gain thought leadership, get resources, win advocates, all those things that people aspire to do, maybe picking up trash is a first step to becoming 
well-known in that industry. So what is a niche? In our definition, a niche is a tribe of people that is connected by interests that they hold passionately, right? Demographics, geography doesn't matter. Remember, Facebook lets us target based on people's interests, who they follow, who they think is a thought leader, other pages that they follow. YouTube lets us send ads based on videos that people watch, channels that people watch. They understand that this is really powerful. We as entrepreneurs just have to agree. We have to get with the game plan. So that's a niche. Why is it? Why is it important? Because it allows us to grow at the smallest level to the biggest level. It allows us to market more authentically and more easily using the tools that are available to us. And I think it really aligns what you're trying to do as a business with who you are as a person, what you're passionate about, and build something that you actually want to do every day. That's a big challenge for people is that they chase that opportunity. They see something, that shiny ball, and say, that's what I want to go after. But if you flip it and say, who do I want to serve? Who do I want to work for? I want to work for this group of customers. We can get a hold of ourselves, and every day isn't such uh, a drudgery. It's something that we can, it can propel us forward. It's something that we can think, this is the reason. These are the people. These are my people. And this is why I'm putting in this much effort. That's what Red Blue Collective is all about. Not every day is beautiful, amazing, profitable, but doing it for entrepreneurs, seeing people succeed, seeing my group of people that, yeah, you guys watch some of the same content that I watch. Yeah, you read some of the same books. We're communicating on the same level of vocabulary, but working with these people that I identify with, it, it brings me joy. It's, that's my passion. It's what keeps me going when projects suck or shipping is delayed or have late nights or, you know, an, an ad fails or, or an ad succeeds and we just don't know, like, how are we going to do it? You know, when challenges arise of any kind and they will for me in the future and they will for you, knowing that, hey, I'm doing this for this group of people that I believe in, that I identify with, it just makes it a little bit better. So that's the end hype. I'm Callie Keen. And I'm out. Thank you for listening to the End Hype Podcast. Follow Callie on social at Callie Keen to stay up to date with a bunch of free content and information. Change your life and change the world. End Hype.